My name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangra while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging, and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All the best always. Team Sunrise. Hey, my name is Shabnam Sahi. Welcome to the official Sunrise Radio podcast. I'm on your radio weekdays from 9am to 12 noon. If you've heard the show, you know what to expect from it. But here are some exciting, interesting Bollywood stories that you may have missed this time round served up as part of our official Sunrise Radio podcast. Enjoy. Two wonderful stories emerging on 30 years of Jojita Vohi Sikandar. Well, one of them is wonderful. The other, not so wonderful for Akshay Kumar. Did you hear about this? But since this is a scenario similar to the dilemma where we say there's good news, there's bad news, which one do you want to hear first? Or human psychology is such a thing that we always say, give me the bad news first, right? So let's start with a not so wonderful story from 30 years ago. Now, since film fans are celebrating this milestone with great gusto, that the one who was born in 30 years, wow, you know, an old video has surfaced online. And this shows Akshay Kumar telling a film critic, Mayank Shekhar, that he was rejected in the auditions for Jojita Vohisikandar. Why? You know why? Because Mansoor Khan thought he was rubbish. Well, in fact, he uses the C word for rubbish, not crap, the other one. Yeah. And this interview is all over the place right now. And reacting to it, Mansoor Khan said that, you know, um, what Akshay has said about him being thrown out of Jojita Vohisikandar surprised me. I'm sorry I rejected him, but I am amazed at the career that Akshay has had. At the time that we screen tested him, he was very, 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 very wooden. He had a great physique, but that's it. He says the way he has spoken about being rejected is very derogatory and condescending. Akshay has even, had even called me back then after being rejected saying, Mansoor, let's work together on some other project. He says, you won't believe it, but Deepak Tijori tested for the same role and he didn't get the role either. And I remember at the time telling Deepak Tijori, you know what, you're a very good actor, but I'm sorry, I'm going with Milind Soman for his physique. Akshay didn't he was just rejected like many others. Maybe that is what upset him. Eventually, when Jojita Vohisikandar became iconic, he must have felt jilted. I don't blame him. These are the words of the director Mansoor Khan. You know, that is the way the gods of destiny fall, right? And I think that Akshay Kumar, from where he is in Bollywood right now, he must be thanking his lucky stars for all the disappointments, all the rejections that came his way because that is what made him stronger and eventually gave him this pedestal. तभी तो कहते हैं ना कि जिंदगी में हम या तो जीतते हैं या हम सीखते हैं और सही मायनों में सीखने के लिए ना जीतना और हारना दोनों जरूरी है 
the mountain of success is made from a million pebbles that represent our failures but failures that taught us invaluable lessons this was the not so pleasant story regarding jojita vahi sikandar and 30 years i've got a good one after the break so celebrating 30 years of a much loved romcom like jojita vahi sikandar pooja bedi the third angle in the amir khan aisha julka love triangle remember she decided to walk down memory lane and look back on the days of the shoot with nothing but the fondest memories of course people remember pooja bedi best for recreating that marilyn monroe moment in a red dress marilyn wore a white dress pooja made it red and marilyn wasn't exactly standing on top of a car which pooja was but anyway there was more to the film than that right pooja bedi kehti hai ki i was in my teens when i started shooting jojita vahi sikandar it was a film ahead of its time as it didn't have a stereotypical villain it didn't have any overtly sexy songs or melodrama it was realistic it was fun it was a happy film that everyone was able to relate to she says amir khan even back then he was a perfectionist and he taught me a lot about dedication discipline and how every aspect from tonality to an eyebrow movement to a cap being placed at a certain angle could enhance a moment she says we were all so young it was such a playful set to be a part of you know everyone was a buzz with laughter and pranks and there was great energy speaking about her director mansoor khan pooja bedi kehti hain ki mansoor was also different he had just graduated from cornell university in new york his set was professional and urban in every sense and farah khan ke bare mein main kya batau of course everybody knows that this is the film where farah khan actually stepped in because saroj khan couldn't come to choreograph pehla nasha that day and that is how she launched her career as a choreographer you know that right so pooja kehti hain ki farah who was part of the team she stepped in for the choreographer who hadn't shown up she was phenomenal with her creativity shooting the entire pehla nasha song in slow motion the iconic red dress flying atop a car moment that was for me oh my goodness the result of hours of effort guffaws and tear inducing laughter as we had multiple bloopers zero productivity till the very last moment when fortunately everything came together and naturally then pooja bedi was finally asked would you like to see a remake of jojita vahi sikandar she says you know what more than a remake it should be an interesting sequel what happened 30 years later in everyone's life i think that would also be so relevant in today's uh, day and age now the makers of prithviraj they are not leaving anything to chance they've made the film on an impressive budget with a lot of love and intense prep in all departments and they are hoping prithviraj's grandeur and opulence will draw people to the cinemas like bees to honey now the story stands out in history you know why kyunki samrat prithviraj chauhan is celebrated for his courage and his steely determination to protect his territory from the merciless invader who also turned out to be a formidable opponent by the way mohammed gori now this has been officially confirmed ahead of its release on the 3rd of june in hindi tamil and telugu that yashraj films and i think all the leading names attached to this biopic will host a special screening for the honorable home minister of india amit shah well this is akshay's first historical drama expectations are sky high it is actually looking very very good i'm sure he wants to have everyone's blessings before the 3rd of june right रनाउथ की लेटेस्ट फिल्म धाकड़ इसको रिलीज हुए अभी जुमा जुमा आठ दिन नहीं हुए कि द बॉलीवुड 
post-mortem committee, the PMC, is already out to pass judgment on what went wrong and why Dhakar has almost crashed and burned within days of release. Of course, everyone has a theory. Everyone has an opinion on Kangana's fiery personality. She is the sort of star who rarely ever gets a lukewarm response from people. Have you noticed? Yeah. Kangana is Bollywood's very own curly-haired jar of Marmite. You love her or you hate her. There is no in-between. Like in the Bollywood box office, this is a reliable gauge of an actor's stardom and their popularity and their credibility. And the box office numbers for Dhakar have been shockingly dire. Now, many critics are pointing out that if the audience watches a film and then they give a verdict that what a bad picture is, that is what you Right? You've seen it. At least you've invested your time. Because hits and misses, they are a part of the game. They are a part of everyone's career. No one has a 100% success rate. Not even Amir Khan. Right? But when the audience is not even interested in turning up to watch your film, that is indicative of a deeper problem which Kangana Ranaut needs to address now. Has she alienated the masses? Is it her personality? Is it her politics? Why are people not willing to give Dhakar a chance? That is a real question. Now, out of all the critics who haven't missed the chance to criticize Dhakar, I suppose Taran Adarsh has been the kindest of all when he says that the content of the film... That is where they faltered. You know, it is a routine story with a focus only on action. And that is a major drawback. People want wholesome entertainment. They want a story to balance out the action. Of course, the action is very stylish. It has been extremely well shot. But the content has to be there for people to feel invested in the story. He says the director has not been able to provide the audience what they really were looking for. Also, he points out, the title is very desi, Dhakar. Lekin the content seems very westernized. Kangana Ranaut, Arjun Rampal, Divya Datta, they have done well. Lekin performances alone cannot make a film run. Aisa taranadash kamanna hai. There has to be some substance which reaches out to the people and gives us a memorable experience to carry home. That is what makes a good film. Right? Now this story is a few days old but I think we should talk about it. वैसे लेट लतीफ हमारा मिडिल नेम है आप जानते हैं ना शबनम लेट लतीफ साही शबनम एल एल साही एनी वे नाउ द डस्ट हैज नाउ सेटल्ड ऑन द जुग जुग जियो कॉन्ट्रोवर्सी व्हिच सबसाइडेड ऑलमोस्ट एज सून एज इट इरप्टेड पाकिस्तानी फिल्म एंड म्यूजिक फैंस दे वर एक्सट्रीमली अनॉयड रिसेंटली व्हेन करण जौहर लॉन्च द जुग जुग जियो ट्रेलर ऑन द वीकेंड एंड दिस ट्रेलर फीचरड अ ट्वीक्ड वर्जन ऑफ पाकिस्तानी सिंगर अबरारुल हक्स मोस्ट फेमस सॉन्ग नच पंजाब नच दैट वन यू नो and this was like throwing a match on a can of petrol why because pakistani fans flooded social media with accusations of <gasps> copyright infringement bollywood has done it again abrarul haq himself took center stage in this hoo ha and he tweeted song nach punjaban has not been licensed to anyone if someone is claiming it then produce the agreement i will be taking legal action hashtag nach punjaban t series politely replied we have legally acquired the rights to adapt the song nach punjaban from the album nach punjaban released on itunes on the 1st of jan 2002 it is also available on lollywood classics youtube channel owned and operated by movie box records label for the film jug jug jio produced by dharma all due credits shall be included across all platforms when the song actually releases as represented by movie box records label the said song copyrights exclusively vest with movie box only with all valid documents 
matter closed. Well, naturally, Moviebox also had to add their tuppence to the story. And they said Nach Panjaban has been officially licensed for it to be included in Jug Jug Jio by T-series Karan Johar Dharma and the legal rights to use the song in their film. And the tweet by Abrarul Haq earlier today is defamatory and completely unacceptable. Well, that must make them feel a bit foolish, right? If this is how things stand. Lekin ye aajkal ke social media generation ki yahi to problem hai. Nobody has the patience to verify facts when they are either making an accusation or indeed if they are defending themselves, right? No patience at all. If you have the chance to trend on social media, let's grab it with both hands. Koi patience nahi hai. Aajkal ki ye generation bhi na, sachi. Hamare dada ji yahi kaha karte thi. Home Bail Films is fast emerging as a powerhouse production company to rival the biggest names in Bollywood, Home Bail Films. And this is thanks mainly to the success of KGF Part 2, which has done some very impressive numbers at the box office. We know that, right? Their next biggie is titled Salar with Bahubali Prabhas, directed by the same man who directed KGF 2, Prashant Neel. But that is not where their ambition stops. The main man at Home Bail Films, Vijay Kirangadur, he proudly says, we have almost 14 films in the pipeline for the next three years. We are also working on two pan-Indian films. We have already locked the script for one of the films which will release in 2024. Both films ka content jo hai na, jo storyline hai na, it'll be universal just like KGF. And then when he was asked to comment on the North-South divide in Indian entertainment, Vijay Karangudur says that it is not like there should be any barrier between North and South. We all watch Hindi films and they watch our films. If the content is good, everyone will watch it. Look, in the same way that when you're watching South Korean films, Japanese films, Spanish films, there's no barrier. When we see international content, we don't argue about which part of the world it is coming from, right? Similarly, there should not be any argument about this. Look at Bhul Bhulaya too. It is doing exceedingly well even in South India. It all depends on the content. If the content is good, people will not reject it. Now, many, many Bollywood fans consider this film a game changer in the way it captured the audience's imagination and it made Anurag Kashyap a household name virtually overnight. Lyricist and writer Varun Grover and actor Huma Qureshi, they took a trip down memory lane yesterday celebrating the 10th anniversary of the premiere of... Kis film ki baat kar Naturally, Gangs of Vasepur. And this, the premiere, took place uh, 10 years ago in Cannes. Yeah. And this two-part revenge saga, this was the only Indian film screened at the director's fortnight in Cannes that year. Naturally, it was a huge honor. So, Varun Grover posted many, many photographs on his Instagram page and he wrote, 10 years to the world premiere of a film that opened gates to this industry for many of us. Gangs of Vasepur will always be the most special film of my career. The trust Anurag Kashyap put in his team of mostly newcomers, this was so liberating that I still keep looking for that kind of good faith-based collaborations in everything I do. Huma Qureshi further added 10 years to the exact day when Gangs of Asipur had its world premiere at Cannes, my first film, the first time I saw myself on the big screen and my first time at Cannes. Oh my goodness me, what a crazy special day that was. She says, thank you Anurag Kashyap for giving me this film and a career and believing in me when no one else did. Today, so many people who've been part of the film are doing so well. I can't believe the amount of struggle that we had to go through to put this film together, but it was so much fun at the same time. And then, you know, she's posted, Huma Qureshi has posted a photograph from 10 years ago and she's written, I didn't even know how to pose back then. <laughs> Look at me standing like I'm part of the school choir, she says. Now, for those who don't know about this film, it is, well, it is based on the coal mafia of Dhanbad, which is in Charkhand. 
and it is set between 1941 and the mid 1990s gangs of wasepur is best remembered i suppose for stellar performances by the ensemble cast for quotable dialogues for memorable lyrics and for cracking music if you remember manoj bajpayee and nawazuddin siddiqui who was an upcoming actor at the time these were the two guys who played the main leads and then it also starred tigmanshu dhulia reema sen vinith kumar singh zishan kadri jameel khan later on you know across the two parts you had richa chadda uh, rajkumar rao huma qureshi pankaj tripathi jaydeep elavat so many stellar stellar actors part of uh, gangs of wasepur 1 and 2 and the music was composed by yet another newbie sneha khanwalkar so this film is now seen as anurag kashyap's leap of faith a film that took a punt predominantly choosing new talent and launching multiple careers that we are all so grateful for right Johar may be hosting the party of all parties for his 50th birthday tonight. We'll just have to read about it on social media, I suppose. We've not been invited, but that's okay. We'll live with it, right? Like, Karan Johar hasn't yet forgotten the experience of being at his first Bollywood party where no one would talk to him or Aditya Chopra. They were both newbies, totally dazzled by showbiz. Then, I believe, a superstar walked up to them and decided to hang out with these two young boys. You know, he often says that, of course, the industry folk knew us as Karan Johar's son and Yash, uh, sorry, Yash Johar's son and uh, Yash Chopra's son. But this actor... He made them feel at home at a Bollywood party which had seemed rather intimidating to Karan Johar at the time. And at a recent event to promote his next film Jug Jug Jio which stars Anil Kapoor as the gregarious fun-loving patriarch. Karan Johar actually said told the story on stage. He says undoubtedly my first friend in the business and I mean that. Aditya Chopra and I we were at a party once no one was talking to us. You know we were young we were just excited to be there though quite intimidated as well. There was a superstar who just happened to walk past and then he came back and then he sat down with us and he hung out with us all evening. He says from then on I felt love for anil kapoor and that love just grew into more love more respect and the fact that he is the youngest man even today and works with the energy of a millennial this just speaks for itself there is nobody karan johar says i mean nobody that can match the energy of this outstanding artist oh we believe him we believe him Karan Johar has just posted what can only be described as a birthday speech on Instagram. ये 50th birthday पे speech देना जरूरी होता है क्या? हमें क्या पता हम 50 थोड़ी हैं? अगले साल बताएंगे आपको. Anyway, he says, "Hello all. This is a note of reflection and one of immense excitement. I turned 50 today, a number that seemed like a distant nightmare. While I know it's kind of a midpoint of my life, but I can't help my wannabe millennial self from existing." He says. Some call it a midlife crisis. I proudly call it just living life without any apologies. I have worked in the movie industry for over 27 years and I'm blessed to have had the best experience ever telling stories, creating content, nurturing talent and watching the finest artists perform in front of my privileged eyes. Those years are like being in a massive dream that made all the sleepless nights seem worthwhile. I'm grateful for the brickbats, the bookies, the praising souls, the public trolls, all of it. It's all been a huge part of my learning curve and self-growth. Then he says, the one aspect that I believe I'm most passionate about is being a filmmaker. In the past, I have always taken long gaps between my films, but today on this special day, I hereby declare, no, he says, I would like to announce my next directorial feature. Rocky or Rani ki prem kahani will release on the 10th of Feb next year, and I will commence the shoot of my 
action film in April next year. I need your blessings and love and I have to shamelessly sign off by saying jug jug jio to all of you. <laughs> My love forever Karan Johar. I have to hand him that, you know. He is the torchbearer of nepotism in Bollywood without a doubt, but he's a man who can laugh at himself. I like his sense of humor. And you know what some of his films they're not bad at all. Happy 50th Karan. You're in the company of someone who we see in the office every single day, but this gentleman actually had lunch with the queen in Buckingham Palace and uh, that you're sitting right next to the queen. So I'm not sure if anybody I know personally would ever be able to drop that, but I'd like to say a big warm welcome to Tony Litt, MBE, the MD of Sunrise Radio. Tony, welcome to the show. Good morning and a happy jubilee. Yes, and to you. Now, of course, we all know that you are a royalist and for good reason. You have already been honored by the Queen. But tell us about this spectacular lunch where you were only among a handful of people, not just that sitting right next to her majesty the Queen. I mean, what does that even feel like? Shabnam, you know, it's one of those moments that you reflect in life, you know, and as we're celebrating the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, and like you said, uh, I'm a royalist, uh, I grew up in a family of royalists, you know, mm. my grandparents were very proud, my mum, uh, you know, my family members, we're always really proud of Her Majesty the Queen uh, and what she means uh, mm. to, to her subjects, and we are her subjects. Yeah. And, um, you know... Um, I've been very fortunate, you know, uh, I've won, I run this wonderful uh, radio station, I'm associated with it mm. uh, for, for many, many years. Um, How I've did it come about? What was the occasion? That's what I'm tr uh, uh, just uh, trying to get across, mm. Shabnam, that mm. I'd been to uh, other events for the media at Buckingham Palace, been mm. in the presence of Her Majesty the Queen, um, where there'd been several hundred people. I've been to one or two garden parties. Um, so I've been very fortunate on behalf of representing an organisation like Sunrise in the British Asian community mm. to attend these events. But on this particular occasion, I had the invite. It arrived. It said, to arrived promptly, you know, at uh, you know around one p.m. Um, was it hand delivered Palace. by a butler? Uh, it was not hand delivered. It came on a velvet cushion, <laughs> but, but it did come <laughs> in a very nice envelope, <laughs> and uh, and it's a beautiful invitation. Uh, and um, I went along, and but th th something felt different when I arrived at the gates of Buckingham Palace because at previous uh, events that I've attended um, there were streams of people attending you know several hundred or mm. maybe even up to a thousand mm. at one or two events you know if it's a garden party um, and on this occasion there was nobody and I thought Oh, gosh, somebody played a joke on me. Huh. Um, so I went up to uh, uh, the guards and they showed me in and I was met by the master of the household. Hmm. I thought, okay. Um, and he said, uh, Mr. Litt, uh, welcome and thank you for joining us today. And um, he escorted me inside Buckingham Palace. Hmm. And at which point he, there was a handful of other people um, uh, standing there and notably there was uh, the England cricket captain Michael Vaughan was one of them and mm. uh, Will Young uh, uh, the pop star, the pop singer, star of course. Uh, was also one, one of them uh, mm. and there was a handful of others uh, which were there and he explained that you know uh, every few years Her Majesty the Queen holds these events which highlight people who are leading lights in their fields mm. so you know, I was already feeling honoured before mm. by just receiving the invitation. I was feeling even more so honoured. Mm. And then he took me to one side. He said, Mr. Litt, you've got a uh, very important role today. Um, you will be sitting uh, 
to the right of Her Majesty the Queen. Mm. He took me to a <laughs> uh, seating plan, uh. and you know. Honestly, I was in an absolute daze, uh, Shabnam. So, uh. you know, it, it was an honour. Uh, there was eight of us individuals who were invited for this luncheon. Mm. Uh, there was four members of the royal household, uh, the Count and Countess of Wessex, mm. the Duke of Edinburgh, the late Duke of Edinburgh, who was wonderful and very charming, and Her Majesty the Queen, who I got to sit next to for several hours. Mm. And we had a wonderful conversation. And it seems like yesterday. It was in 2005. It was 17 years ago, but it seemed like yesterday. And I know you've mentioned this before. You've told so many of us that, you know, her corgis were running around as well and you got to pat them and is it true that you don't speak to Her Majesty and uh, she speaks to you first, right? Correct. So one of the uh, uh, things that uh, you're uh, guided with uh, on arrival hmm. is the protocol. Uh, the protocol, correct. Hmm. Uh, when Her Majesty's Queen looks at you, she's hmm. now engaging at you, hmm. then you know you finish your conversation and you engage with Her Majesty the Queen. Hmm. And uh, because I was sitting next to her, uh. I was engaging with her quite a lot. There was no but, looking away. <laughs> but I must say, I must say, uh, I was probably speaking a bit too much, mm. uh, getting a bit carried away. And uh, she did say to me at one stage whilst we were having our dessert, are you not going to finish your dessert? It's <laughs> 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 probably a cue to me got, to be quiet and off. eat and allow her to eat also. <laughs> you got told off. Yes. Huh? Yeah. But let, I have, before I let you go, I have to ask you one more question. You know, when you go to these events where there's a very formal table setting, it's confusing enough. You've got about 55 knives and forks and dessert spoon and all of that. So I'm sure, I mean, you're eating with the Queen of England. Yeah. Was that the case? Were they like really, was the silver service laid out to really kind of... It, it was. Razzle dazzle. It was. It must have And to be honest with you, I can't even remember the food. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I can't remember the food. <laughs> but... And I'm quite good with cutlery, hmm. but I just followed Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I followed her lead. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been off with your head. Absolutely. I'm sure it wouldn't have been. But it's so delightful to hear these conversations. And as you were saying, I mean, even, even for me, you know, we know of people who've been honoured by Her Majesty. We know of people who've been in her presence yeah. at these large gatherings. But to be a part of this very select group, and as you're saying, for doing something that clearly you're doing rather well because you're representing the community and you're one of those people who makes a difference to the way British Asians are represented in this country. How amazing is that? No, it's, like I said, it's a privilege and an honour. You know, I'm, I'm there on behalf of uh, my team, you guys, our audience, our listeners and the people that we represent. So I know why I'm there, uh, but it's an absolute privilege and honour. And, um, you know, I would just like to say, because, um, you know, one of the conversations, I'm not going to share, so some of the conversations were between, and I haven't shared them with anybody over mm. the years, but one of the conversations I, I did ask Her Majesty the Queen, because I'm a massive football fan, as you know, <laughs> and I Which said, team do you? So that, you know, um, she got, I, I asked her about the 1960 World Cup final uh, uh. and her face she had a huge beam on her face and mm. she said it was one of the most wonderful days mm. uh, it was a beautiful day and she'll never forget it um, how thought, amazing because it must have been very early in her reign as well you know she became queen in 1952 yes so yeah, yeah. fantastic and, and, you know unfortunately England haven't hit those heights yes. uh, in the World Cup again so um, maybe it's a good omen for the end of this year in Qatar
Fantastic. I was in conversation with Tony Litt, our MD, of course, Tony Litt, MBE. Thank you very much for sharing those uh, memories with us, Tony. Uh, I'm hoping that you're celebrating this long weekend with a glass of bubbly and uh, uh, what would be a a very English meal, not fish and chips, but something a bit more grand. Oh, I'll follow Her Majesty. Beans on toast. Beans on toast. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Have a lovely day. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. You can catch Shabnam Sahi, the ultimate storyteller, weekdays, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Hi, this is Anushka Arora. As always, lovely to have your company for the Sunrise Radio podcast. And this week, I have another special guest on the show. Anushi, I think the last couple of times we've spoken is when you've been in London, uh, when you were <laughs> yeah, reigning yeah. well in 2017. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And here we are, fast forward to 2022. You're making your Bollywood debut finally. Um, I know. <laughs> how are you feeling about it? Um, happy, excited. Uh, the last time we spoke was in 2018. I think that was June Correct. or July. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a lot has changed ever since, but um, very, very exciting. I'm really looking forward to uh, the film and what everyone has to say after they see the film. And uh, a tad bit nervous. Yeah, but I think that's normal to be nervous. It's good. I think nerves are always a good sign. Yeah, I think uh, I never uh, never thought that, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, there's an audience that's going to watch the film and have an opinion, but I had yeah. not uh, thought about it uh, until now. <laughs> now that we're only a few days away from its release. Now, Manush, I think every time, you know, when, when you and I have spoken, I've, you know, I've always asked you, and I think a lot of media has always asked you about, you know, doing a movie, especially when you yes. won uh, Miss World. Yeah. Uh, you kind of always said, you know, let's see, let's see how it goes. But what was it that made you say yes? to a film and specifically this one? Well, uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, a lot has changed since the last last time we spoke. And uh, I remember the first time we met was just after I'd won Miss World. And I was very, very yeah. clear that I am not looking into films. And then yeah. when we met again uh, yeah. in July 2018, I remember uh, having a talk with you and I was telling you that I might consider yeah. maybe not <laughs> yeah. I think that, that's, that that's been the transition and that's been the change and uh, of course you know there were there were other films and there were other opportunities that I could have explored but uh, mm. I think the timing of uh, Apitvi Raj was very very right in my life mm-hmm. um, that was when I was considering that okay you know now maybe I might explore films considering the fact that life had changed mm-hmm. um, I was not a normal student anymore I was not uh, this uh, anonymous girl who'd come to class and you know could just quietly <laughs> do her thing and go back home yeah uh, so I somewhere understood that okay maybe uh, you know it, it is different and uh, it was not a very easy decision to make considering that I was leaving something uh, so good in life mm. um, and something that I was so assured about um, yeah. but uh, I'm happy I made that decision uh, that was not an easy time to be very honest but mm. you know when a film like Prithvi Raj uh, comes into your life and uh, it's not like like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I was auditioning with Yashraj and I was, I was still, you know, even while auditioning, I was in two minds. I said, I don't know I'm doing this, but yeah. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but after, you know, after they told me they're considering me for Prithvi Raj and then, you know, to signing and to starting prep on the film, I really became even more sure 
of what I was doing. I started enjoying it. I think I've loved every day on sets. I've loved the process of filmmaking. This is something very, very different from what I've done. Uh, I equally enjoy it. And uh, I think uh, I've gotten a lot of support, like especially from my family and even like my professors in college and my childhood friends and Miss World. I think a lot of support uh, you know, came into my way where they told me that, you know, be rest assured, you know, <laughs> my parents told me we're here, uh, you know, there's no harm in trying. Education is something which you can always continue later, but opportunities won't wait. So try it, you know, before saying no to it or anything. Uh, so that's when I started thinking, okay, maybe I'll do films. And then, you know, such a big project. And uh, when it's Yashraj and Dr. Saab and, and then Akshisa, which obviously I found out later that Akshisa was a part of the film. Yeah. Uh, but when all of these people are involved and when they're all, you know, uh, you know, making a story on a character that we've all read about growing up and something that a story that's so familiar, mm. then I think uh, then there was no looking back for me. Mm, that sounds amazing. That does. And, you know, Manushi, you've mentioned um, that you've changed quite a lot. I mean, in what ways would you say you've changed as a person over the years after specifically after winning Miss World and now the transition to becoming an actress? Um, I not. I wouldn't say that I have particularly changed, but I think life has changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely uh, a bit older, mm. uh, a bit wiser, <laughs> if I may say so. Um, I think that there have been a lot of experiences, uh, you know, through Miss World, you travel and have realized that the world is a very, very big place. <laughs> it's mm. not as small as I thought it, it would be. And yeah. uh, I have grown a lot. I, I can see, I think, uh, the kind of experiences that I've gotten at a very young age. I don't mm. think that's something that a normal girl in her early 20s would get to experience. Yeah. And that has had a very, very big impact on like who I am today. That's contributed a lot to whatever I'm doing today. Mm. And I feel that, uh, of course, you know, we all grow through life. I think all of us, when we look back at ourselves a year ago or two years ago, you know, we all realize that we've all grown. So similarly, I think I've also grown and I'm also learning and I've, I'm in a very, very different world. This is very, very new to me. Uh, so I guess uh, the change is going to be a lot more when I talk about my life. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I'm sure you've been asked this question so many times. I mean, you know, having, it's like a dream debut with Akshay Kumar and Yashraj. Um, how, how has it been working with Akshay Kumar? in this film but it is a dream debut and uh, working with someone as senior and as experienced as him um, for a newcomer is a, a very big learning opportunity the fact that he's worked with so many newcomers i think the most he likes to say that he's worked with the most number of newcomers yes <laughs> i think yeah. i'm the i think i'm the 22nd hmm. uh, newcomer that he's worked he's worked yeah. with i was just um, reading yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, that way when there are such senior people, uh, you know, supporting you and kind of, uh, they understand he, I mean, he was also uh, a newcomer at some point and he, you know, he told me, I'm also not from a film family. I'm an outsider. So I understand the kind of struggles that you have, mm. uh, you know, when, <laughs> when, when you're on set. So mm. I think that that's very, it's very uh, nice. It's very comforting and uh, the kind of support that you get from uh, all of them because they understand that uh, you're new and mm. uh, because they're so comfortable in that environment, it's easier for them to be able to focus on supporting you and helping you out. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, just talk to me about being on set, like, you know, what, what were the most memorable moments that you had? Did you have any challenging moments that where you kind of thought, you know what, this is really hard because I think with a film like Prithvi Raj, it's, it's not easy. It's not, you know, pl easy playing a character as the one that you are playing. Um, you know, so, so what would you describe the entire experience of being on set of such a massive film? I feel like every day, uh, I mean, was, there was a new challenge. Um, every day we were doing something big, something mm. new and something not so easy. Mm. And through this one film, I've gotten to experience drama, <laughs> romance, of course, it's Yashraj. Um, you know, I've gotten to experience action. Um, mm. there's, there's so much every day that would be happening on sets. And considering the fact that it's a historical film, uh, yeah. every single day in the morning when we'd leave, you know, our homes, we had to get into this completely different world in this completely different zone. Mm. Um, so I think that that was, of course, a challenge to to be able to stay in that zone for such a long time and uh, kind of uh, behave like we were all from the 12th century. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think the biggest challenge for a film like this, uh, of course, is the fact that people have a lot of expectations. Um, people have uh, a certain image, a, a preconceived image of what those characters are going to be like. Mm. So you also as an actor want to match with what people's expectations are. So yeah. I guess that was also another very, very big challenge that all of us were aware of. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Manushi, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing you on screen, watching you with your first, uh, you know, Bollywood film. It's really exciting. I feel like I've also seen you grow as well in some way or the other. <laughs> um, so it's really exciting. And, and I wish you all the best. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Listen to our Bollywood queen, Anishka Aurora, from 12 noon to 4 p.m. weekdays on Sunrise.